Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Look in Hebrews chapter number 9 in verse number 27. Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 27. Here's what our Bible says to us. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. But after this the judgment. Look what he said. And as it is appointed unto men once to die. I want to preach on this thought with the help of the Lord this morning. Some things I want to accomplish before I die. Some things that I want to accomplish before I die. Now, Father, I love you this morning. God, you know the very need of this service. Father, um, uh, Lord, I thank you for the great choir singing, the great special singing. But God, now um, it comes the time for the preaching of thy word. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us and use us and anoint us today. God, I believe that you have put a seriousness in our service this morning uh, for a specific reason. I pray, God, that as we look into your word today and we deal with this subject of dying and accomplishing things before we die, Lord, that your will and way would be done. I pray, God, that you'd speak to the hearts of the hearers. Lord, it's only you can do. God, the very best I can do is get it to their ear. But God, it'll take you to put it in our heart. And I pray, God, that you do that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Now, death is not something that we just sit around and talk about. I know it's not something that we just sit around at our house and talk about. Now, you might sit at the supper table every night and talk about dying, but we don't. Um, I'd rather sit around and talk about living than I would sit around and talk about dying. But the truth of the matter is this today. Uh, Each one of us sitting on these pews uh, will face death if the Lord doesn't come back. Now, I want to say this to you. If you know your Bible today, yet you've studied your Bible any today, yet you know anything at all about prophecy, we are definitely living in the last days. As a matter of fact, man, you look at what's happening overseas right now. You look at what's happening in our country right now. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Matter of fact, I believe that we're so close to the coming of the Lord that the Lord may come back before we ever even get done with this service. Now, um, if the Lord doesn't come back, then we all have a reservation that's already been made with death. Each and every one of us. Now, um, you're probably more likely to say, oh, may, oh me on that than amen on that. But we all have a reservation. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. Each and every one of us sitting in this room has one thing in common, and that is that we will die and stand before God one day. Death is certain, but now think about this. Death is uncertain. 
You say, preacher, how do you say death is certain and then turn around and say it's uncertain? It's certain in that we will face it. It's uncertain in when we will face it. I've said this many times and I'll say it again today. I have plans for this afternoon. I plan to go home and eat something for lunch. I'm not sure what it is, but something for lunch. I'm sure my wife will have something cooked. If not, then we'll go to KFC. I'm not going to KFC. We'll go to Little Italy, okay? And we'll find something to eat. I'm going to study this afternoon and continue looking at the mind of Christ and how the mind of Christ was. And we see all of that in the Word of God. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to come back to church tonight. I'm excited about service tonight. I've already, you that knows me knows that I'm a planner. I've got my week planned out. But the truth of the matter is all of that may never happen. Because I have a reservation with death that I'll never be able to escape. You say, well, preacher, what if you go into cardiac arrest and someone saves your life? Hear me and hear me well. I was never really dead in God's eyes. That might hurt some people's beliefs of monitors and modern medication. But the Bible is plain. It's appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't matter if, and there's numerous trained professionals in this room right now uh, that could do everything in their power. We have an AED, we have a medical bag, and we could do everything, but if it's your time to go, it's your time to go, and there's nothing we can do about that. There's a reservation. It's appointed unto man wants to die. But before I die... There's some things that I would like to accomplish, church. There's some things, Brother Tim, that I would like to do before I die. I really almost done a call on all yesterday and said this. Before you die, what is something you would like to do? Send it to me in a text, if you will. And I just didn't feel like reading that many text messages, to be honest. Yesterday, we had a crazy day with everything with foothills going on. But what is some things? Now, I'm, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to forgive me right here because I've not always been saved. I've not always been in the center of God's will. And there was a time that I liked to listen to country music and there was a country song that talked about living like we was dying. And it talked about going skydiving. I would like to go skydiving. It talked about going here and going there and doing this and doing that. But I want us to really think in our mind, what is something that I would like to accomplish before I die? Can I, can I just show you three things that I wrote down? Can I say number one this morning? And, and, and I believe the Lord's got us stilled for a reason this morning. Can I say this number one this morning? I want to share my faith. Y'all thought I was going to say that I wanted to, to, to ride a horse back out west and watch the sun go down, didn't you? That would be fun. I want to share my faith. I want to share my faith. You say, well, preacher, why do you want to share your faith? Have you ever... I, can I just say it in preacher's terms? There's times that I am studying, and man, I find a nugget. 
And whenever I find that nugget, you know what I do? I flip to Marco Polo and there's several preachers of, uh, that's got that same uh, app. And we've got a group set up that will throw thoughts around with each other. And man, I'll get on there, Brother Tim, and I'll start talking to Brother David Williams and Brother Ryan and Brother Bradley and several others. And I say, hey, look, let me give you what the Lord just gave me right here. And we'll share that back and forth with each other. You ever got a, can I say it? You ever went to the grocery store, ma'am, and found a good deal in something? And you called somebody and told them that you found a good deal in it. Why? Because it was something that you knew would be a help to somebody else. Can I say something to you today? When I think about dying, when I think about the end of my life, there is something that has been a tremendous help to me. There is something that has helped me along life's way that I want to share with somebody else, and it's my faith. It's my faith. It's my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for my family. Can I say this to you? I know what he's done in some of your lives. 2016, Brother Dakota talked about that in 2016 and he said, man, that was a good year and I heard Miss Vicky behind me go, amen. You me tell you the reason she said amen because it was during that meeting that she accepted the Lord as her Savior. I've seen God change her life. There's other people in this room today that during that meeting in 2016, God changed your life. I've saw what God can do. And before I die, church, we should have a desire to share our faith. To share our faith. Think about this. If I was to die and leave my children all the money that they would ever need to live a comfortable life in this world and not tell them about the Lord, then what have I left them? Then what have I left them? Matter of fact, the Bible said this, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? I want to share my faith. I, I was thinking, and, and you may find this comical and you may not, but I was thinking, uh, the girls, we, it's hard to find a good, clean TV show to watch that don't, that don't um, uh, use profanity and that don't, don't pump this, this new secular mindset into your mind. Somebody say amen right there. That don't promote homosexuality. Because it's an abomination in the eyes of God. You can say amen or oh me right there. And it's hard to find a good TV show. And Olivia come in the other day and she said, I found a TV show. And I thought, oh Lord. She said, it's called The Cowboy Way and it's on Amazon and there's seven seasons on there. And I said, well... What's it about? She said it's about real cowboys. They're right because she loves old westerns. I mean, you want to you know anything about an old western, you ask Miss Olivia and she will tell you anything about an old clean western. She loves them. 
And Josh, she said, it's about real cowboys. I said, what do you mean real? She said, they wear real cowboy hats and ride real horses and chase real cows. And it's reality. I said, well, I'm getting that because they got real cowboy houses and, and real horse. I said, well, let's check it out. She said, well, I've already watched some of it. I said, you're not supposed to do that, honey. We don't even know what it is. But Miss Cheryl let her girls watch it. So I'm glad he was okay, Miss Shara. <laughs> so we sat down and we started watching. And I don't know if anybody else has watched that series, but it's about Booger Brown and Bubba and Cody Harris. And Cody Harris wrote a book. It's actually a pretty good book. I've got it. I'm reading it right now. It's called My Word is My Bond. And it's, it's the cowboy ethic of things, all right? And we started watching that. And here is something that I've noticed that they've said several times. I'm wanting to build a legacy for my children. We are doing what we're doing so our children will have something left to them. And I've caught that several times. And when I say several, I mean we usually watch uh, two or twelve episodes a day. <laughs> we're leaving a legacy behind. We're building something for our children. And boy, every time I hear that, Brother Tim, something goes off in my mind. What are you leaving behind for your children? Leslie and I was on our way. I'm talking about I want to share my faith. Leslie and I was on our way to the Foothills meeting last night and we was talking about um, we knew Miss Savannah wasn't going to be able to be there because she was graduating. And, and Miss Leslie said, well, who's playing the piano tonight? And I said, I have no clue. That's Brother Jeremy's place over there. I said, he takes care of all the music and I'm glad that we all got our own things that we do. And uh, I said, I'm not sure. I said, Lydia can. I said, Jeremiah may lead and Jeremy does. And she said, you know what? She said, the Lord is setting it up and, and hopefully I our girls will marry men one day that wants to be a part of the ministry and work in the ministry even if they're not preachers and she said you know what she said God may be setting all of this up so one day when we step off of the scene our children will be able to come right in behind us and continue on with foothills you say preacher what do you say I want to share my faith before I die I want to share my faith. I thought about this in order to share my faith effectively with sinners. I must be faithful in my witness. I must be faithful in my witness. You know, in Acts 26, Paul said this, that Agrippa said that he would have probably been released if he hadn't appealed to go on to Caesar. And I'm not quoting that verbatim. In Acts 27, the only reason that Paul done that is because he wanted to go to Rome to share the gospel even more, even though it meant persecution, even though it meant shipwreck in chapter 27, even though it meant in chapter 28 that he was going to be bitten by a serpent. Paul said, I want to share my faith. He was faithful in his witness, but can I say this? He was faithful in his walk. It's one thing to tell people they need to go to church, but it's another thing to live that in front of them. 
Can I get an amen? It's one thing to invite people to the house of God. It's one thing to tell people they should come to church. But when you live a complete separate lifestyle outside of the church, then you live inside the church, then something's wrong, Hoss. We've got a problem. Amen. We have a problem. You know what Paul said? He said, I not only want to be faithful in my witness, I want to be faithful in my walk. I thought about this. Let me read you a verse of scripture. Let me just flip right here and read you something. I thought about this in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. In 2 Timothy chapter number 4, Paul says this in verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. He said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have kept the faith, I have finished my course. He said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. He goes on in verse number 10 and here's what he says. For Demas hath forsaken me. He begins to talk about those who served with him. He goes to verse number 11 and begins to talk about Alexander the coppersmith. And he said this, he did me much evil. But look what he says in verse number 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. You know what Paul was saying? Even though Demas forsook me, even though Alex the coppersmith done evil to me, you know what Paul said? I never wavered on what God had for me to do. Matter of fact, if you go to the book of Acts chapter number 20, if I'm not mistaken, it's verse number 26. Paul says something that no one else says in the word of God. He said, I am clear of all men's blood. You know what he was saying? Here's what he was saying. Every person that I had the opportunity to share my faith with, I did. He was faithful in his walk to God. Can I ask you a question this morning when we think about our reservation with dead, death and we think about sharing our faith, are we faithful in our walk? First and foremost, I am a Christian. I'm saved, first and foremost. Before, I mean after that, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. And can I, say, I say this to our preachers all the time. Whether we want to admit it or not, people hold us to a higher standard than they do anybody else. Even though we're the same flesh, even though we're the same makeup, are you with? They hold us to a higher standard than anybody else. And just this past week, you know what I had to do? I had to pick up my phone and send out some text messages to some people that I had got a little bit sideways with over a situation. And can I just say this, Brother Tim? I think I had a right to get sideways with them. You can say amen or oh me. If, you, if you'd have been in my shoes, you'd have said the same thing. You'd have said you probably shouldn't have sent that message out re, 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 uh, um, um, apologizing to it. 
Do you know what the reason I did? Here's the reason I did. Matter of fact, I sent one of them to you and said, hey, here's what I just said to an individual. Let me tell you the reason why. Because I don't want them to ever be able to say that the preacher invited me to church and then he got sideways with me over something. We're to be faithful in our walk, church. If we're going to share our faith. Preacher... What do you want to do for you? Can I say this? Number one, I want to share my faith. I'm going to give you these other two quickly and we'll be done. Number two, can I say this to you? I want to serve my father. I want to serve my father. Friday night I laid in bed and I, I don't know if the devil ever gets up on anybody else's back, but he sure got on mine. And he began to tell me this and tell me that and tell me this and tell me that. And you say, well, what all did he tell you? Well, it just ain't none of your business, to be honest. He told me this and he told me that. And, and, and man, you know what, Brother Tim? I got to the point where I believed him. Brother Dakota, before I quoted some scriptures and fell off to sleep, Brother Dakota, I got to the point where I just about believed him. You know what, sometimes in our life when it comes to serving our Father, the devil will make us think that it is an absolute waste of time. You could be doing this, you could be doing that. I could be working somewhere else in a secular job, making a whole lot more money, not dealing with the things that you have to deal with as a pastor. You say, well, you don't deal with nothing. <laughs> Just walk a mile. Let me back up and rephrase it. Walk about 10 steps in a pastor's foot tracks. All you do is preach three times a week. Can I say something to you? That is, that is the joy of pastoring. Preaching is what I love. Preaching is what God called me to do. Preaching is what God gave me a desire to do. There was a preacher, and I'm not going to call his name. He's in Georgia, and there was a preacher um, that the people come up to him one day. One of the men did that had just been running his mouth to him and doubting him, and he said this. He said, we're paying you such and such money, uh, and, and you was gone two Wednesday nights in a row preaching somewhere else. We pay you to preach here. You need to be here. And that preacher looked back at that man. He said, no, you don't pay me to preach. God called me to preach. I preach because God called called me to do that. He said, you pay me to put up with your junk. That's what you pay me to do. And turned around and walked off from the guy. Now, I said he was from Georgia, so I'm not from Georgia, and I hadn't told anybody that, even though I've thought about it a few times. The devil will crawl on your back and say it's not worth it. You'll get ready to come to church tonight and something will come up and the devil will say, you don't need to go down to the house of God. You're not going to get no help down there. You're not going to... There's nothing going to happen out of the ordinary. Just stay at home. Can I say something? Before I die, I want to serve my Father. Here's a sneak peek into the night. The mind of Christ was one thing. Servant. 
That's what we are told about his mind. In Philippians 2, the word mind is mentioned four different times in six short verses. And he said this right here, that he took upon himself the form of a servant. The first eight verses deals with serving somebody else. And can I say something to you this morning? Before I die, I want to do something for the Lord. I want to make an impact for him. It's the only thing that has eternal value. There's nothing else in this world that has eternal value except serving the Father. I thought about this. I wrote a couple things down in order for me to serve my Father. Then His will for my life I must seek. You remember the story of Jonah? Jonah chapter number 1. Jonah, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and tells him to arise and go to Nineveh. And Jonah doesn't do that. Jonah flees and, and, and pays the fare. It'll always cost you something and pays the fare and, 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 and went out to get on a boat. And, and you hear me, the devil will always have a boat waiting on you. If you want to leave the church and walk away from the things of God, the devil's got a boat out there waiting on you for you to get on and it'll destroy your life, it'll destroy your family, it'll destroy your children. I'm preaching real good. The devil's always got a boat waiting. And Jonah got on that boat and he got out into the midst of the sea and, and you know the story of Jonah. He, he was thrown overboard and that big whale swallowed him up and, 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 and then it puked him back up. Regurgitated. Daddy says, vomit. He said, he vomited him back up. I said, he why? He vomited him back up. I said, what is vomiting? I mean, I come up with some words, but I mean, vomiting? That's a, that's a new one to me. I tried to spell it and it don't work, but that's most of the words that I try to spell. And I found this out. I, I'm off track here. I'm sorry, ADD kicked in. I'm off track. But in Cody Harris's book, he had a ghostwriter. And I, I, I started singing, Ghost Riders in the Skies. <laughs> Whenever it was a ghost rider, I thought, what's a ghost rider? And it's somebody you give your thoughts to, you write your thoughts down, and then they make it all sound like it's supposed to. And I was like, man, I got two or three of them. I'm big time. I did. He had one. I've got three. I got my wife. I got Miss uh, Stephanie, and I got Miss Tina. Man, I, I'm I'm uptown when it comes to. I've got the best ghost writers. All right, y'all read stuff I write sometimes, and goes, man, our preachers got it together. And all those three women behind the scene that put it all together. I just said, here's what I wanted to say. But I, <laughs> I thought about this. Jonah got vomited <laughs> back up, and he hit the ground running. Here's something I always thought about. I wonder how many people, and I know I'm preaching a little bit different, but I hope you're getting what I'm saying to you this morning. I wonder how many people went to hell those three days that Jonah wasn't in Nineveh. Why? Because he wasn't interested in serving his father. He was interested in doing what he wanted to do. You see, we're all interested in serving the father as long as it fits into our plans. Boys, I was reading this and I was studying this and I got to that. I, I, I thought about His will for my life and I, I, I thought, man, I sure am grateful for where I'm at and, and I sure don't want to go nowhere else. I love Surrey County. People say, I just need to get out of Surrey County. Well, you can get out. I'm staying. 
I have no desire to get out of Surrey County. I love where I live. I love the community. I love Surrey County. I love walking up Main Street in Mount Airy drinking Page's coffee. Somebody say amen. I love where I live, but hear me and hear me well. If we're really going to serve the Father before we die, His will may be different than our will. Can I say this to serve our Father, His will for our life, but His word for our living? In other words, if His Bible says it, then that's the way we're supposed to live our life. If His Word says, forsake not the assembly of ourselves together with believers, then we should be in the house of God. If His Word says, come out from the world and be ye separate, then we should come out from the world and be separate. Preacher, what do you want to do before you die? Well, I want to share my faith. I want to serve my Father. But can I show you one more and I'm done. Preacher, what do you want to do before you die? Can I say this? I want to survive my failures. I want to survive my failures. Here's what Joe Arthur said about failure, and I just taught on failure in Bible college the other night. He said, failure doesn't have to be final with the Father. Can I say that again? Failure doesn't have to be final with the Father. Every one of us sitting in this room today has and will in days to come face failure. There will be days when we do not serve God the way that we should serve God. Somebody say amen this morning. There'll be days that we miss the mark. There'll be days that we go to the pulpit ill-prepared out of just a pure lack of laziness. There'll be times when you go to your Sunday school class and you've spent all of about 20 minutes trying to get ready to teach kids that you're giving them the gospel for the... You hear me and hear me well. Those younger classes, you should take that as serious as preaching to 10,000 people because those kids are hearing about the Lord for the first time sitting in your little old Sunday school class. And so many times teachers don't take teaching Sunday school serious. There'll be times when we don't take it serious. There'll be times, Brother Zeb, that we'll try our best to serve God, but we'll fall flat of our face and we'll blow our top and we'll say things that we shouldn't say. Somebody holler amen. And we've got one of two choices. We can allow the devil to continue to beat us in the ground over that or we can recover from our failure and learn from it. I want to survive my failures. I want to survive my failures. Failure is certain. If you attempt anything, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but and, and you may disagree with me here, but if you do, you've got the right to be wrong if you want to. Uh, Michael Jordan, in my personal opinion, was the greatest basketball player that we ever seen. I don't know that we'll ever see one that is that will ever be as good as him. And part of the reason he was as good as who he was was because where he played in college. I mean, that made all the difference in the world. Now, somebody holler amen up in here. I'm preaching real good this morning. Bless God, I ain't pulling for no demon and I ain't pulling for no devil. Somebody say amen. I got scripture to back every... Hey, man, friend. I've got scripture to back every bit of that up. But he talked, and I dealt with this the other night in leadership class. He talked about how many shots he had missed in his life in basketball games. 
And then he talked about, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, it was over 600 times that he had been entrusted to make the winning shot in a basketball game and missed. And he said, the reason that I have succeeded is because I failed. We're going to fail. We're, we're going to fail. I'm not excusing sin because sin is wrong. But I want you to hear me today. When we do fail, when we do miss the mark, I sure am glad that there's a God that still loves us. And there's a God that just didn't thump Adam and Eve off the scene and wipe out humanity. But there was a God knew that we would do that. And in His loving kindness sent His Son to die for our sins. I want to survive my failure. I want to survive my failure. Come start playing real softly, Miss Tanya, if you will. Leslie and I was talking the other day. We was coming up the road. And we were talking about an individual that used to come to this church. And I told him, I, I told Leslie, I said, you know what? I said, they still hold a very special place in my heart. I said, they always will. I said, I love them to death. And I, I, I know we don't see them much anymore. And, and whenever we do, everything's fine. I mean, we talk and, and cut up. And, and I said, I just can't help but to wonder. There were some things that happened right before they left. I just can't help but to wonder if they don't still hold that in the back of their mind. I want to survive my failure. Can I say something? In order to survive my failures, I'm going to have to be honest enough to confess them. I'm going to have to be honest enough to confess them. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful. Do you hear me? He's faithful. And just to forgive us. A lot of times, I'm just going to preach it on my viewpoint right here because I know the way the devil does me. A lot of times we miss the mark and when we go to ask God to forgive us for it, Brother Kevin, it's like the devil crawls up on my back and says, he's not going to forgive you for that. Or the devil crawls up on my back and says, you don't need to tell him about that. You don't need to tell him that that happened. Maybe I'm the only one. You don't need to tell him about that. Because if you tell him about that, he's going to think differently of you. God's not going to look at you the same way. If you take that to God and you tell God that you had that thought, hello Tokyo. God's going to look differently. Hear me and hear me well. When you had that thought, God saw that thought. When you said that thing, God heard that. And can I just go ahead and blow our little old minds? Before you ever done that, God already knew you was going to do that. So if we're ever going to get His forgiveness, we're going to have to humbly approach Him and confess our fault to Him. And when I do, I can back it up by the Word of God that He is faithful. Faithful to what? He's faithful just to forgive me. 
if we're ever going to move past our failure, if we're ever going to move past that, if we're going to survive it, let's be honest enough to confess it, but then I thought about this. We're going to have to be humble enough to correct it. To correct it. You remember the story of a man by the name of Peter. Y'all know who I'm talking about. He, he's in the Bible. He's a very interesting man to read after. Matter of fact, some calls him old cussing Peter. You know what the Bible said? This is what Jesus told Peter. Peter said, I'll go with you all the way to death. And, and you know what? Jesus said to Nahal, before the cock crows, you're going to have denied me thrice. Peter said, no, Lord. No, Lord, I'll go all the way with you. And you know what happened? Exactly what Jesus said was going to happen, happened. And before morning, Peter had even got to the point of cursing and denied Christ three times. And when you read on in that story, you know what it said after he done that, after the third time, he went out weeping bitterly. You know what he done? He realized he had messed up. And he went out weeping bitterly. Can we fast forward now a few days? The power of the Holy Ghost is fixing to descend. And there's a man standing up preaching. While this man is preaching, there ends up being thousands that is saved. Does anybody know who that man was up preaching that day? It was a man by the name of Peter. Some argue this fact with me. Some say that John was Jesus' favorite disciple. I personally don't agree with that. Personally, I think Jesus' favorite disciple was Peter. Who did he use to preach that day? He used Peter. Can I say something to you? Peter survived his failure. And this morning, you can be sitting here. You say, Preach, what do you want to do before you die? I want to survive my failure. You may be sitting here today and as you look back over your life, boy, you see this failure and you see that failure. I, I, I wish I'd have done this differently. I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have never done this. I wish I'd have never done that. Time out. Won't you come to an altar this morning and make a mile marker in your life and say, you know what? Back there, I didn't do that. Back there, I did mess up. Back there, I was a fairy. Back there, there was a lot of mistakes. But with the help of the Father this morning, before I die, before I die, I'm going to share my faith. Before I die, I'm going to serve my Father. Because before I die, 
I survived my failure. 